Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Prue. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's your old pal Fitzy from Six Rings and Football Things. This NFL offseason, no days off. In fact, we can fit 25 hours in a day. That's because podcasts make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other task you got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores, do your job, and be entertained at the same time. It's all about the New England Patriots, the news, insight, analysis, and laughs on demand so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow Six Rings and Football Things in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 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 it seems like there is a little more juice, a little more spirit in Patriots Nation right now. Oh, but what one single victory and a massive potential departure of a coaching legend can do for a franchise in Foxborough that has been in turmoil and turnaround for the majority of the season. That's why we called in the big guns for this very special edition of Six Rings and Football Things brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Sign up today with FanDuel.com slash six rings. Take advantage of FanDuel's great same game parlays. No sweat first bets. And of course, don't forget, hashtag fade Fitzy. Chances are, whatever my selection is, if you bet the opposite, you will make a mint for you and your family this holiday season because I stank at making bets. It's of can course, confirm. Andy can confirm as well. All right, today it's your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, mm-hmm. alongside Andy Jumbo Hart, and joining us live today someone i've looked forward to getting on the podcast for quite some time here on the odyssey and 2400 sports network who i've had the pleasure of working with many times at gillette stadium as well and he had the pleasure of covering him years ago with his breakthrough performance in november of 2014 he is the owner of the third most rushing yards in a patriots game his four touchdown performance against the colts one of the highlights of the second half of the patriots double dynastic era He's a man who has a day named after him. Of course, we're talking about the one and the only Sports Illustrated cover doll, Jonas Gray in the house. Jonas, what's up, my guy? Fitzy, what's going on, brother? Glad to be here. Glad to finally have you, my man. Um, You know, I was looking to get you on the podcast for a while because you've been so sharp and so good at all the events we've worked at together in the stadium the last couple of years. But then earlier this week, when I saw your tweet after America had an immediate love affair with your guy, Sean Stellato, Tommy DeVito's agent, 
who walked right off the set of Guys and Dolls and onto the field at MetLife on Monday night with the suit and the hat and everything. I was like, oh my God, this is absolutely the week we got to get Jonas on the pod. So was he your agent for like your whole career or a certain period of time? Is he still your, you guys still have a thing going on? Can you tell us a little bit about the mystery man who just alongside Tommy Cutlets, like lit the football world on fire last Monday? Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Sean Stellato is a great guy. He's a Salem native, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, the way I met him, he, he ended up being my agent, um, actually pretty much right after the two one yard performance. Um, if you can actually mm -hmm. believe that, which is actually mm -hmm. funny. Um, but at the time it, it's funny, I, I had a few, uh, agents through my, through my career. And at the time I was just in transition, looking for a new agent. My last agent was just, you know, caught up in a few things. And I just, I really was looking for somebody that had had a small boutique agency that was going to be just like a straight hustler for you and you know he he had so many great contacts in the area and so i just go to different events that were going on like joe volano who's a d tackle um that from maryland ended up playing on the team for for a few seasons um he was uh sean stilato's sean stilato was his agent originally so i would go to a few events with joey and he would always come out with, you know, some type of money from the deal or, you know what I mean? His agent was always right there. And for him, you know, he's always getting them great opportunities off the field. And that's the major thing for these, you know, for, for guys that like me and Joe were undrafted guys that were like, we can get some off the field money. That's awesome. And so he was just a hustler, you know, doing all those things. And so I just do it, did a few events with Joe. And the next thing you know, I'm like, I'm finding myself, you know, doing more and more events with just him. And that's yeah. when I decided to sign with him. So it, it happened like probably a week after my 201 game. And we pretty much plotted a, a chart, a course on how we would go that entire off season. We had, we basically, what, I, what we said to ourselves were, you know, I want to win the, um, the Walton Payton, you know, oh, the, man, uh, the Walter Payton, Payton Man of the know, Year award. award. Yeah, yeah, the Man of the Year award. Like that was one of the things we were pushing for the Man of the Year award, and and then also making a Pro Bowl. And so we were trying to chart a course for doing those two things. And so we were going to the Shriners Hospital, giving back to just like so many different worthy organizations. And so that's when I really understood like what was deep about Sean. You know, he was really big on just giving back, and he wrote a book um uh, you know uh, he wrote a book you know basically about his experience and his resiliency so we just had a lot in common and uh i was happy to have him as my agent it's funny because you you talk about tommy devito and we're going to talk about bailey zappi and mm -hmm. you know sort of striking while the iron's hot like when the opportunity arises for these guys and you are obviously kind of a, a poster boy for you know out of nowhere big game but then maybe some of also the cautionary uh, aspects that come with being ready to take advantage of your opportunity. When you see these guys, like a Tommy DeVito is the perfect example, or even, you know, Dobbs earlier with Minnesota and just different guys that pop up unexpectedly, seemingly more so this year, because every quarterback in the league has gotten hurt, it feels like. Um, do you, like, how do you look at as a guy that lived that life, like not knowing when the opportunity was coming and not knowing when the opportunity is going to be taken away, how do you observe these guys like DeVito and Zappi and Dobbs and ever in terms of your lens as of experiences? 
Oh, what what a great question, Andy. And um, you know, I, I actually right. I was thinking about this. The the yeah, he's coming off firing with great questions right away, Fitzy. <laughs> step step yeah, your game up, Fitzy. Yeah, no, no, don't encourage him, please. It doesn't help the podcast. It really does. <laughs> step your game up, right? Yeah, the head the head can barely fit in the frame as it is. All right. <laughs> yeah, so no, absolutely, man. Um, I, I actually sometimes I look at it in the lens of what organization they're doing it with. You know what I mean? Who's the coach? Who's the staff? Like, are they going to be willing to play a guy long term that, you know, maybe is not making the most money on the team? Maybe there's some controversy involved there. So I'm, I'm looking at it from that lens and, you know, just, you know, thinking about, you know, my opportunity and, you know, and if, you know, something happens for them where that opportunity is taken away, Will they ever be able on that same organization to get another opportunity again? Have have they bought themselves that much time? You know what I'm saying? Like that's how I look at it right away. Like, how much time have you actually bought yourself? Like you get an extra year now? Like, are you a backup now to, to Daniel Jones for you know the foreseeable future? Like, what what does that look like? And really, I just start, you know, really thinking about it's just you you can't even think about that. You gotta just take it like literally game by game because the NFL is one of those places that literally, I mean, we all talk about it. What have you done for me lately? That's that's mm-hmm. all it's about. You can have one bad game. You can have one bad experience, one bad off the off the field incident, whatever it may be. You know, if that if that's something that causes for that opportunity to to stop, then you you just got to be focused all around. Like it, for a guy like Tommy DeVito, he's having Sean is the perfect guy for him because literally when I had my whole situation with the alarm clock and all that stuff, Sean was calling me every morning at 5.30 in the morning, like making, because we just had motivated each other. Like, up. Come on. We just had yeah. S. Let's go. You know what yeah. I mean? We were, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Well, that's good we to hear. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you need people like that in your corner. And I know for Tommy DeVito and I was even, you know, I, obviously you guys know, the agency business, these guys are like vultures. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And seeing a guy like Tommy DeVito, there was a ton of agents reaching out to him. There was, you know, all these different marketing groups. And I'm just glad that Sean had a chance to actually be, you know, shoulder to shoulder with him and let everybody know that that's his guy. Because Sean's the type of guy that will keep keep him in that perspective. Like, you, you haven't made it yet. You know what I mean? They're still, yeah. you, you know, thinking about, you know, the fact that the Jets called him in for just a tryout. You know what I mean? I was actually talking to Sean about that. And I'm, and he was saying, like, he just keeps putting that in his ear. You know what I mean? Like these, like, you know, as motivation, like these teams didn't, you know, didn't think twice about you. So just keep, keep at it. You know what I mean? That's how, yeah. I, that's how I look at it for sure. It really has to be one game at a time. And, you know, Absolutely. you've got guy like Andy's right. Like there's been 54 starting quarterbacks this year in the league. You could be a guy like Jake Browning, who everyone was like, I'm sorry, who, who are you again? And right. now yeah, he stepped in for Burrow. He could be leading the Browns, excuse me, rather the Bengals to uh, a, a wild card hunt that they thought they had no chance at when their all world quarterback goes down. If he does, that's great. But maybe he creates himself an opportunity somewhere else like Matt Castle did six years prior to you and your Absolutely. breakout game with the Patriots. You know, uh, the pastronaut, as they call Dobbs, could be the hero one minute, one, and the, then he's the goat the next week. So you got to take yeah. advantage of those moments, make the most out of it. And Absolutely. you know, I I think in a in a down year, um, honestly, 
something like Monday night where you see Sean and Tommy out there together, just freaking frack, like just they look perfect together. It created a lot of positive buzz. People are having fun with it. I was just listening to our sister station, WFAN in New York a few minutes ago. That's all they're talking about. They're not talking about the Jets. They're not talking about the Knicks or any or even the Yankees or Yamamoto, the free agent pitcher. They're all talking about the Giants and Tommy Cutlets. It's put a buzz back, and I know you rode that wave before. And Bailey Zappi is a great pivot point for us to uh, to go on uh, as we start to talk about this week's game, Jonas. Uh, you know, Zappi, like he experienced it last year. He was the guy in New England for three weeks because Mac Jones was struggling. He gets hurt. Zappi comes in. Who's this kid? Fourth round Western Kentucky. What? All of a sudden, Zappy fever, Zappy hour becomes the thing. One fumble against the Bears in a bad second half. Nobody cares all over again. Now he gets us like, and like you said, stay on the grind. Just keep working hard. Find the organization you think that is the best for you, even if that organization, Andy, cut you again this preseason. Zappy just keeps punching back and keeps fighting. And now he gave Patriots Nation and the team a little life against the Steelers. And now maybe he gives them a chance or to at least earn himself a job with the team going forward and make the rest of this season fun. Do you think if Zappi uh, continues to play pretty well, would Bill, and we'll get to what kind of situation Bill is in momentarily. Who? Do you think Bill, <laughs> exactly. Dun, maybe, dun, dun. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> you think Zappi could uh, earn himself a spot with, could Zappi earn himself a spot with this team? I think absolutely. Even if it's, you know, in a, you know, backup emergency role, you know what I mean? For a draft pick, you know, even if it's, you know, because at this point, there's a certain trust with Bailey that we've built, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I I don't know how high of a level of trust it is, you know what I mean? We'll have to see the consistency from game to game, but I, I definitely think that, you know, he's through what he did last season, you know, finishing out and what he's done this year and the fact, like you're saying, He's, you know, been resilient enough to be cut by the team, be brought back. You know, I, I feel like he's almost, in a way, he's really representing that that old Patriot way. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. being, you know, doing your job, being ready for your opportunity, you know, going in and, you know, even if you're pushed aside by the team sometimes, you know what I mean? And it's funny because I go, I keep in my mind, I keep replaying Bailey after the game and the whole locker room with the, the Belichick the Belichick handshake, you know what I mean? He gives him the thumbs up first from a distance. And then, you know, he goes up and shakes his hand and you got to be like that. You know, sometimes you got to think in your mind, I'm still trying to prove it to that guy. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to prove it. Um, I I have a lot to prove and I got a chip on my shoulder because of that guy. And and sometimes you need that. And I, and I know, you know, there may have been for Tom Brady, different, and in different years, he may have felt that way about Bill. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that there's a certain level of trust that we built with Bailey. And I think, you know, he can definitely, you know, if we end up drafting a quarterback next year, he definitely could be the backup. I feel good about him going in and even competing with the starting, you know, potential, you know, uh, rookie quarterback. So you uh, you alluded to it earlier. Fitzy just alluded to it. Dun, dun, dun. Bill. And, you know, it's funny. We're talking about guys taking advantage of opportunities and doors close. It's a production league. You can have one bad game and the league is ready to just move on to the next guy. I think we always thought certain people were above that. And maybe Bill Belichick was one of those people. But uh, I've started saying this this phrase to Fitzy. Losing is undefeated. When you lose it wins out. It crushes everybody in its path. It's like a tsunami or whatever you want. 
and Bill Belichick is in the path of losing. That's just the reality. Losing record last year, three wins this year. And now we have the report from Tom Curran this week that the decision was made in Germany after that Colts game that they're going to move on from Bill Belichick. As a guy that was in the midst of the second part of the dynasty and in that locker room, is it is it weird for you to see people like us idiots doing podcasts talking about Bill Belichick's going to be fired or Bill Belichick's going to be traded or Bill Belichick just simply won't be the head coach of the New England Patriots anymore, even though he's three and 10 and he's 71 years old. You know what? I, I think that uh, three years ago, maybe four years ago, I felt like that. I, I felt like, you know, what are people talking about? Like, you know, how, how can people even be alluding like the COVID year? You know what I mean? The COVID year mm-hmm. that Bill had, like, and people were just, they were dumping on the team. They were they were all over Cam Newton. And I remember saying to myself, <clears throat> you know, Bill didn't get an opportunity to do his normal offseason where he has, you know, he, he goes out and scouts different players. You couldn't even bring guys in for workouts. You know what I mean? There were so many different things. So I, I was like, we'll, we'll give him a pass even going into next season. Let's give him a full year. You know, the year after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, let's give him a full year to be able to you know bring in guys for workouts can pay the can can have that real competitive environment get priority free agents you know what i mean and he went out and did that and the team stunk again <laughs> you know what i mean and and then you know you think about the draft picks and you know you think about opportunities we had to bring guys back and and then you start to just see a trail of not only bad football but mistakes and that's when you have to start really saying, okay, a lot of greats, great coaches have had to move on. And yeah, it's been hard. You know what I mean? It's been, you know, the honeymoon period's over though. You know what I mean? That 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 time I think is over. And if you want to go back to relevance and not just relevant for not just history, but for who you have as your coach, um, I, I think that a, a big thing is is getting rid of Belichick. Yeah, and and that's and that's crazy ground to stand on. I mean, the guy, you know, gave you your opportunity, but then also sort of took the opportunity away later on, mm-hmm. which just kind of, like, I'm sure, spun you around like a top as it did everybody else as well. And mm-hmm. you know how how long can you expect, you know, in a performance based league, if you don't show up in high school, if you don't show up at Notre Dame, if you don't show up in practice and get an opportunity on a certain Sunday night in November 2014, um, you can't live off your resume for for forever. Like eventually, like you said, it's a production based league and you can make the excuses of like, well, I didn't have Brady anymore. Okay. Well, you should have seen that coming. Like I didn't have Gronk anymore. Like, well, there was Andy often points out to the fact that bill in his, like, like you can maybe speak to this Jonas, like his like laser, like focus on certain things and his breadth of knowledge is amazing, but that sometimes creates like a blind spot in terms of uh, preparing for something else that you may need. Like, Hey, great. The defense got built back up this year. That's awesome. The offense sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Brady's leaving. Oh, what a great 20 years. All right, cool. Who's going to play quarterback now? Let's grab Cam Newton off the scratch. Like it just can't keep you. It almost feels for somebody who's like so prepared. It almost feels like stuff's just getting made up on the fly. Oh, wow. You you hit it on the head. I I couldn't agree. I can ask good questions too, Andy. Nah, yes, it was more of an opinion absolutely. than he's agreeing with. <laughs> Damn it. Got you All right, bye. <laughs> but no, um, no, I, I absolutely, you know, agree. I, I I keep, you know, in my mind just going back to it's almost like the perfect storm for a 
winning coach like Belichick, especially given that the dynasty and all those great things, um, you have a certain way that you're built as a coach. You know what I mean? You're tough nose. You're you're not going to deal with a lot of this. You're not going to deal with a lot of that. You're tough with the media. You know what I mean? You're you're mm-hmm. short with your answers. You're, you're, this is who you are. And then you start to realize that the the times are changing, especially when it comes to the locker room. It you know I, even when I was there, it wasn't the most player friendly environment. It was very competitive, which that sometimes is player friendly to the great players, mm-hmm. to the great, to the mm-hmm. good ones. But you still have to have a culture where the environment is player friendly. And I remember, I just, you know, all these little things go through my mind when Reggie Wayne was on the team for that little stint. And I remember he was just like, every day he was asking me like, this is really how y'all do things around here? And I'm just <laughs> like, yeah. And I remember I was having such a good training camp and he was like, man, you, you're looking good, man. But he's like, they're treating you like Trent Richardson. And like, I just, you know what I mean? I just like right. all those things, like I go through my mind and they had him in the, you know, the final preseason game. I think we may have been even playing the Giants and he was just getting beat up. Like he was just getting knocked around. And I remember like a few weeks later, he retired. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I think about, um, you know, I think about uh, what's the receiver. I can't remember his name right now from uh, Tennessee, um, Eric Decker. He comes over here. He then retires. I you know forgot what I mean? about Eric Decker on the Patriots. That was a thing for like three yeah, weeks. I'm yep. telling you, the, and the, these guys are veterans. They come in here and then all of a sudden they just retire. And then you get the whole situation when, you know, Tom does leave. We have an opportunity to maybe get a quarterback if it works. You know, maybe Matthew Stafford's available now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He immediately says, I don't want to go to New England. You know what I mean? So it's like he built this un friendly environment and then the only person that was left for him to really grab was cam newton and so that is when i think he kind of realized okay i can't control everything because cam's gonna come up here with these hats he's gonna come up here with his own swag and i'm not gonna be the one to tell him to get off snapbook and to get off face chat and all that stuff you know what i mean like (laughs) the times are changing everybody's on it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's even you are on it coach you know what i mean like like (laughs) Um, so you, I felt like it was a perfect storm. He, he didn't have a player friendly environment. And so that, I think a lot of the way he, you know, operated back then, even, you know, 10 years ago that he can't do that now. And I think that sometimes affects the plan on the field. Like Mm -hmm. he, I think he himself is having an internal battle with my old style versus my, what I have to try to transform into. And, I, and that's why I think it feels like there's mistakes after mistake after mistake. Like it's just, it, it's it's reached this point. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. And I do think Bill has in various ways attempted to change. And I think he's been forced to, obviously, when you're in the job as long as he's been almost 25 mm-hmm. years and mm-hmm. new generations of players and Hell, you know, iPhones are a thing now. They weren't a thing when he started coaching the Patriots. Never mind, started coaching the NFL. So right. let me ask you, because I think that's really interesting. And Bill, I won't say Bill is blind to it. Bill has always said he's a tough guy to play for, and this is a tough place to play. And, you know, you often notice it when veterans arrive and they see a stark contrast to where they've been and where they've had success. But let's just let's just play this out, given your knowledge of, of all of that. So let's presume that Bill is done and there'll be a mutual parting of the ways or whatever. If Jonas Gray was part of a uh, search committee that was working with Robert Kraft to find the next head coach of the New England Patriots, 
what are some of the characteristics or factors you're looking for in that next head coach here for, for New England? Yeah, I think that, you know, you, you almost you cannot go to a similar style that Belichick was. So you almost have to force yourself to go almost completely in the opposite direction in terms of mannerisms, in terms of, you know what I mean? Just overall as a coach, who you are, you know, guys that are open, more open with the media, you know what I mean? More willing to do, um, you know, things that may not be conventional, like grabbing a quarterback early, you know what I mean? That may not, everybody's not high on this guy, but we just got to grab him. You know what I mean? Like just making those decisions. So I think you have to have someone young that is, you know, in line with some of the, you know, uh, a, a young former player. Maybe he's a former Patriot. Maybe he's a former player, period. But a guy that has great relationships and that can build a great staff around the league. You know what I mean? A guy that, you know, a lot of people will see to as a leader that respect, even if he is young. You know what I mean? And it can be all different, different type of dynamics. You think about, you know, um, you know, Mike McDaniel right now, you know what I mean? He's obviously that laid back style, but people still see him as a leader and they respect him. You it's know what working. I mean? So I think, yeah. yeah, it is. You can find that in, in a, in a young coach. Um, but I think, it, I think I love the, the former player role. I think that this, in terms of winning right away, I really think having a former player and having a former player led staff, it, it would be really cool to see. And I think that it would really work. And it's funny not to jump in the different direction, but the Raiders, that's where they went right now with Antonio Pierce, like the Patriot way, the Josh McDaniel, which apparently was basically what you're describing. People were miserable. They hated the Patriot way in Vegas. Like they didn't like McDaniels and the way he carried himself, that whole thing. And their counterpunch to that for the rest of this season anyway, was the energetic ex player, Antonio Pierce and D'Amico Ryans has obviously had success in Houston, Dan Campbell. Here, maybe people are thinking, oh, they must be talking about Gerard Mayo. Maybe it's Mayo. Maybe it's not Mayo. Who knows? Um, but it is definitely a trend to go the ex-player route uh, in the NFL these days. And that's certainly anti-Belichick. That's, you know, the very, very different than the old the old man from the NESCAC who played D3 football and couldn't play, so he decided to coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, Andy, you're right. He, he has done a good job of, you know, over this, you know, long story career, adapting you know what i mean adapting when he needs to but i think that now it's reached a point where not being able to adapt or trying to adapt without great players like Mm -hmm. it's just you know what i mean it's so hard to do because guys aren't really gonna buy in completely buy in unless the the top dog is doing it and he's got to be one of the better players you know what i mean and that that's why i think it's just you, you have to look at it and be like okay maybe it's just time now it's time to make a change. You know what I mean? You look around the the AFC, you look around the, the division, you look around and, you, and it's just time to make a change in a lot of places. You know what I mean? And, and sure. you have to look, are, are you going to be last to make that change? You know what I mean? Or are you going to be last to maybe get an opportunity to get some of these other coaches that are going to be available? You know what I mean? Um, Cause you do want to have a nice exhaustive search. You know what I mean? Even if you think male, maybe the guy, even if you, that that's your opinion. I feel like you still have to do a nice search and you have to have something to look at. You know what I mean? It's got to be, okay, Ben Johnson or Gerard Mayer, as an example, you know what I mean? The qualities and you got to be able to see what's there um, and, and make an informed decision. And I think the crowds will. 
Um, and I think they'll they'll have a lot of buy-in from former players. And so I think they'll make a good decision if it if it does come to that. I know we're all we're speculating, of course. Right. Uh, we don't know with certainty, but it's trending in that direction as well. And the crafts do owe it to the organization themselves and their investment in the fans to do an exhaustive search and try to find someone who both knows the game, uh, has a new voice that'll be listened to. And yeah, if you said like the leaders, the, the talent, the big dogs, if they're not buying in, you can tell people to trust the process all you want. You can show them the resume. You can point to the six rings and the banners. That's all well and good. But if the results aren't there in the field, then it doesn't really matter. We look to Sunday's game, one o'clock. It was flexed out of Monday night football. Uh, and I still think now that's actually a bit of a mistake because the interest level in this game, the chiefs are struggling. They're scuffling. The weapons aren't there. There's a disconnect between Mahomes and his receivers, or rather the disconnect is he wants his receivers to catch the ball and line up on sides. And they seem resilient to the idea of actually doing their job correctly, which is causing big problems yeah. with the chiefs. They're still a super talented team. But they're scuffling, and the Patriots, for the first time, Andy, all season long, are actually trending-ish, if you will, in the right direction. The defense is playing solid, fundamental football. The offense had a half where they scored three touchdowns, which was absolutely mind-blowing. Um, I, I Tell me if I'm crazy to think, guys, that between what could possibly take transpire on the field with Taylor Swift there and possibly, as you pointed out on the podcast the other day, Andy, the appreciate Bill Belichick while you have him victory lap. If this is the final four games of his storied career with the Patriots, Jonas, I feel like this may be like the last real bit of juice in the stadium that, you know, we were there, we were there. You were the only, you were the only alumni brave enough to say yes to the invitation and handle the hundreds of angry fans with us up in the Putnam club a few weeks ago, which I yes. thought was a bold stroke and a brave move. And you know, that day sucked six, nothing chargers. Like it couldn't get worse for the fan experience. Maybe just maybe this Sunday we could actually have like a little bit of a scene and a vibe at the stadium. I, absolutely. I agree. And you could even throw in, you know, Andy Reid in there. You know what I mean? Because there's definitely a um, a rivalry between him and Belichick. You know what I mean? So yep. that that's something that uh, and I know and, and they, they've got to win. So like you said, there's there's so many great storylines um, that could potentially come out of this. Um, but, but I, I think no matter what, I, I just think the Patriots, they've got to get a win. They, they, this is, this is the only, I feel like if, if they don't win here, they could potentially lose out for the rest of the season. That, that makes me very nervous because that, I, I feel like that momentum could just end up spurring the wrong way. And, um, I, it was nice to see the offense had some juice and I thought, you know, obviously having Juju play, who's been banged up um, mm -hmm. and and having him play really well, I think that's almost like the perfect storm for a guy like that. You know what I mean? To yeah. get a little juiced up to play against two of your former teams kind of back-to-back, -back, you know what I mean? He gets Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. then he gets um, Kansas City. So, mm -hmm. you know, that – you know what I mean? That's that's real. Right. I think that that that's a nice little storyline in there as well. You know what I mean? So, so you're telling me uh, to take the over on the Juju prop Sunday? Okay, very good. yeah, a absolutely. Right. I'm telling you, I feel like Juju's, a, and I know he was <laughs> he was limping out the stadium at the end yep. of the game there, but uh, I, I think that's just that's just the player, the fact that he's just a little older. You know what I mean? Having the knee, you know what I mean? But uh, I think we're gonna get like a, a, a juiced Juju um, come like come it. Sunday and. Uh, We'll see, man. I, I think that, man, I feel like the Patriots need to win more than the Chiefs do, honestly. 
Yeah, it, it's an interesting game, and that's where Fitzy says, you know, this probably has more draw than they expected, and maybe they now regret moving it out of Monday night. Just quick side note on the Juju limp thing, um, and Fitzy can back me up on this. This was something that uh, I realized somewhere in August and scared the hell out of me. Wait, that's our new number one receiver. We replaced Jacoby Myers with him because, literally, you don't notice it on the field, but when he leaves the field, he limps at all times. He has sort of the ex-football player walk to him, even though he's a mm. current football player. And that's mm. where I first became alarmed with the fact that he he was the number one receiver. So he has knee issues that I think are going to be an issue the rest of his life. Another veteran I wanted to touch on and get your perspective on, um, who I think was a huge part of the win last week with Juju, was Ezekiel Elliott. No Ramondre mm. Stevenson. He's out. And you got like old school Zeke. He had, I think, 29 or 30 touches in the game. Had that first touchdown, a couple catches on the first drive. It was like a, a throwback Dallas. I'm the centerpiece of the offense, Zeke performance. And just wondered what you've thought of him because I maybe had a different, as a media guy, you never know, like the former all pro is coming into a new team. Is he going to have attitude? Like, what is it? Does he think he's supposed to be the centerpiece, even though Ramondre Stevenson's the younger centerpiece of the offense? And I have been just so impressed with the way Ezekiel Elliott has carried himself as the number two running back, the mentor to Stevenson, the buddy, like the aged guy that can sort of show him the way. What what have you seen from Ezekiel Elliott, not just last week, which was impressive, but all year long? Yeah, Zeke has been um, awesome. And it, 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 it didn't surprise me at all what he's done this season, what he has done, you know, even this past game, it didn't, it didn't surprise me at all. I actually have him on my fantasy team. So appreciate you, Zeke. Um, I actually did the handcuff. I had Ramondre and him. So I, I, yep. I, I was, I was smart there, but um, yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to. So, but no, I even, you know, I, one, I, I had a chance to see a lot of what Zeke don't, was doing in the off season. And I know a few of the guys he was training with, and I knew he was putting in a ton of great work. And I knew like, it was almost like he put in more work this off season than he probably did in most of his career in the, maybe the last three, four seasons, just with so much, he's, you know, so much of a beating he had taken, you know, and carrying the ball a lot and, you know, and being relatively healthy his entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that he, you know, did a little bit less in the off season. And I think this off season, he did a lot more. So I knew that. And then two, he was kind of casted off from Dallas. You know what I mean? Like Zeke and Dallas kind of went together. For a long time you know what i mean you could yep. not even think about dallas without thinking about zeke without doing you know what i mean you could not yep. even yep. Feed the so zeke. to get casted away from your team like that i feel like he had a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to show people that i'm still relatively young back so i'm gonna put in some work this off season and then i think he didn't get a lot of offers in the off season you know what i mean mm-hmm. there was few teams yep. that gave him an offer so he came in humbled you know what I mean? Humble from being casted off from Dallas, humble from not getting as many offers in the offseason, and and humble from knowing that he put in the work and still not getting the offers. You know what I mean? Like he he was posting all his workouts. I was seeing it and I was like, wow, he's putting in tons of work. And so I wasn't surprised by that. And uh I, I think he, you know, the the one the really impressive thing about last game, I would say, is if you go back and watch that film, he was making so many first guy misses. You know, making the first guy miss is like one of the major things you look at as a running back. And guys were squeaking through the line. He was making the first guy miss every time. And I was just like, wow, he he looks rejuvenated. And I know he was even coming in to the game with like a thigh injury. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's just crazy to see a guy like that power through. And, and you know, having that Thursday game was probably the best thing for him because he got all that extra rest. 
So I, I think um, Zeke, you know, until Ramondre's back, and we'll see how that goes, he he could end up still putting some numbers up like that and being a focal point for the offense, especially in that screen game. And you already know he's great in the goal line. You know what right. I mean? So those two things, and he's great in blitz pickup. You know what I mean? He, you know, so you, you really got a, a really good player. So a former All Pro that can can still do it. You know what I mean? Not at a, yeah. at a great high level, but you know can still get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed watching him. He was in for 52 out of 55 snaps against the Steelers. Had that touchdown, that nice, yeah, got soft hands. He's a much better pass catching back than people give him credit for. Like you said, great in blitz pickup uh, and can be a hammer on the goal line and between the tackles. And they're going to need all three phases of Zeke's game on Sunday against the Chiefs. And, you know, who knows exactly which version of the Chiefs we're going to get. They, we could get a super motivated Chiefs team because they lost again. La- yeah, which is probably what we're going to get. That's they the might worry. be. Laser focused, and then like, yeah, and they might be like, oh, John Jones and Miles Bryant and Sean Wade have been playing above pay grade. Cool. Here comes Mahomes. Even if he's bringing in a USFL team of wide receivers, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Andy Reid, the Belichick rivalry, and I'm with you, Jonas. If they play tight to the Chiefs or even pull off the upset, who knows what kind of rip and winning streak they could go on the rest of the way if they lose and they get absolutely throttled by the Chiefs. Pack it in. Here comes three and fourteen, the number two pick overall. What kind of fit, like what kind of finish Belichick wants if this is it for his tenure as Patriots head coach? Like this game Sunday means a ton. So let's uh let's put our money where our mouths are. Let's do our little pick here on the game. Uh time now for the FanDuel Sportsbook bet of the week, where every week here on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, we make our pick against the spread, brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash six rings to sign up and play today. Um, so the game is the Chiefs. The Chiefs opened up as a 10-point favorite. There's a lot of money coming in and a lot of confidence now on the Patriots. It's down to mm. eight and a half. A mm. lot of ju- – yeah, that's a that's a big move during the week. Mm, that gets a mm-hmm from Jonas. Uh, right, so right. there's a lot of action coming in now. I love it. I want a big game Sunday. I want a fun post game. I want there to be one last real jolt of electricity because you and I were at a funeral a few weeks ago, and now it feels like we could be back at a wedding or at least a quinceanera or something, something fun where everyone's in a good mood. Let's the holidays. Let's celebrate. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to go this way. I think the chiefs probably squeak out a win, but I think the plat, the Pats play them tooth and nail hammer and tong tough all the way. So my pick this week is I'm going to go chiefs money line, but I think the Patriots cover the eight and a half point spread. Andy, what do you got? Uh, I think the Patriots should be worried about the Mahomes and the Andy Reid they get. They were pissed off the other day at themselves, at the world, at the refs. And I learned this over the years because, you know, Fitzy, I believe that the Chiefs right now are the Patriots. They are Brady. They are Belichick. Best quarterback, best coach. They roll out of bed and go to the AFC title game every year. And I always learned over the years, if you piss off Brady and Belichick, usually the opposition pays the price in the following game. And yeah. I think the Patriots might pay the price. I think Mahomes might be making plays and doing that. You know that thing when he listens for the play and he he, he moves his fingers like, keep it coming, keep it coming. Andy, what mm-hmm. you got next? I'm rolling here. I'm on a heater. Um, I think the Patriots secondary might feel the effects of a heater from Patrick Mahomes. I'll lay the, – the number has moved downward. That helps me. I would have probably laid nine and a half or ten. I'm happy to lay eight and a half. Um, they're not facing Mitchell Trubisky this week. They are facing Patrick Mahomes, who's pissed off. And I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for three bills and put up 30-plus points. So I'll lay those points. See what I have mm. to work with, Jonas? You see this? 
Yeah, just tell yeah. me what I think. Yeah, keep it real, Andy. You got to keep doing that, man. That's what you I do. Keep, you have to. You have to. <laughs> you know what? So I, I hmm. I'm, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna go with the eight and a half as well. Um, I'm, I'm gonna say the Patriots cover that. And the reason why I'm saying that is the silence is deafening. <laughs> the the fact that we can't hear any Belichick's not even talking about his job security. The crafts not even are not even talking about it. Um, it it's like the silence is deafening, and I think that's a good thing. I think they're all just going to work. You know what I mean? I feel like Belichick is trying to have his best defensive games, trying to put together great game plans. I think you got Gerard Mayo, who's been whispered about as a potential next head coach. He's trying to make sure that everybody knows that he can do the job. So he's putting together a great game plan. I think these guys are all locked in and ready to go. But like you, Andy, I have to agree. These guys, they are always in the AFC championship. There's not a lot of you know, new teams make it, you know, it, it doesn't happen very often. It's always the the top quarterbacks usually make it, you know what I mean? That's mm. usually for the last 20 years, we can say it's been Mahomes, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Who else has yep. it been? We got a few off years here and there. So I still feel really good about the Chiefs and I think they get it together. But I do do think that the Patriots make it a close game. All right. See, that's how that's how I'm feeling too. Like the Pats, this is probably the best effort you will see from Belichick, who could still very well be, you know, I hate to use a word for someone, you know, Andy, who's as accomplished and aged as Belichick. Experience, I won't say aged, experiences Belichick to think like, I really still have to put out a resume just to make sure that I get a job with the Chargers or the Commanders and somebody pays me my mint and lets me have full control. But if another team who says, geez, you know, I know he is Belichick, he's the GOAT coach. But boy, that team really crapped the bed in 2023. Does he still have it? If he can go with this roster, Jonas, up against the Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl and are looking to get back there and drag this, you know, discombobulated roster to another championship or on a championship run, and Belichick can go toe-for-toe with his rival coach and buddy Andy Reid, I think that speaks volumes about what he can still bring to the table and why another team may be interested in him. So, um Again, I think it's going to be like they made a mistake flexing it out. Lucky us. We get to do a one o'clock game. We'll be right there. Four o'clock. We may even uh, give you a holler and check in with you after the pod and see if we can get a couple words from you on the post game show Sunday, Jonas, to follow up. So I uh, appreciate you, my man. We'll be on from four to seven thirty Sunday on WEI with the six rings post game show. Jonas, for everyone who celebrates Jonas grade day, who loves seeing that you're doing well and hearing from you. Uh, where can they follow you and uh, what do they what do they need to know about what's going on and what's good for you these days? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys, man. Appreciate you both, Andy and Fitzy, for having me on. Um, you yeah. guys can catch me on X, um, formerly Twitter, um, mm -hmm. at Jonas L. Gray, at Jonas L. Gray. And then on Instagram, um, which I still haven't been able to change my name because I'm verified. So don't at me on this one, but uh, um, at the young bull Jay Gray. No, no longer a young bull, but uh, I guess I'm still got the young. Yeah, young enough. Still a young bull. <laughs> yeah, you're but looking yeah, sharp. Yep, at the young bull Jay Gray, and now I am actually um, a holistic performance coach. I work with tons of athletes, um, college, NFL. Um, you name it. I work with a ton of high school athletes, just helping them build holistic programs for themselves. You know, both in terms of training, nutrition. Um, 
strength and conditioning, um, you name it, uh, recovery, recruiting. I'm, I'm doing it all for these guys. So I'm almost a one-stop shop in terms of how you put together a routine in order to play at the highest level. Um, so yeah, that's what I do now. It's called uh, Athletes Plus. And um, thank you guys again, man. Appreciate it. Well, that's see, that's awesome. Like you are a, as we talked about so much of like proving who you are, like you would literally have the, the bona fides and the resume to say to people like you hadn't heard, look, look what I did. You know, I, I took my talents and I went from, you know, somebody who was grinding and scraping by on rosters to being an overnight superstar. And I can help you do that too. You may want to be in touch with Hart, by the way, because his son is a burgeoning superstar on the South coast Easy. of Massachusetts football. Hey, I'm just saying, well, I'm, pop, I'm popping the call you for call your it. son. But Call in all early, seriousness, I, I can tell you, dealing with my son over the last year plus and his athletic career, a father can say a million things a million times. But when somebody like Jonas says something or my son actually crossed paths with uh, Arthur Lynch, who's a former NFL tight end, Georgia tight end. And I think 15 minutes talking to him did more positive than <laughs> you know, 15 years of me beating him over the head. Cause it's just the reality. Like kids yes. tune their dads out and sometimes they need somebody who has walked the path and has a little cachet to help them through. And I, I think the services you provide and others provide is, is huge. Cause there's so many kids out there with talent and opportunities, and they don't necessarily know how to get from point a where they are to point B with their abilities and the work ethic and, so I would uh, definitely say there's a need for your services in the world for uh, for lots of parents out there. Yeah, you can say, don't eat that. And he's like, shut up, dad. But right. Jonas comes in and he's like, yeah, that's not good for you. He's like, Jonas Gray told me not to eat that. So now I'm going to get shredded. <laughs> right. Yeah, I told yep. you 20 times not to eat that. Why <laughs> he says it once. Oh, I see how it is. He's Jonas Gray. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now you guys get it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right. All right, Jonas, uh, this has been a blast. We'll have you back. Hopefully we can get you on the uh, the FM postgame sometime soon, too. This has been Six Rings and Football Things, our preview of the Chiefs, and also catching up on all things Patriots with our guy, Jonas Gray. Make sure you give him a follow and keep in touch with what he's doing as well. We have been brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, and we are a presentation of WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. I'll see you at the stadium on Sunday. We'll talk to you after the game on WEEI. Enjoy the rest of your week, and you guys can look forward to Cadillac's Crucial Clashes, where Mike Cadillac and Andy Hart break down three matchups. You're going to want to keep both of your good functioning eyes on Sunday, 1 p.m. at the Razor between the Chefs and the Pats. For Jonas, for Hart, for Terp, this is Fitzy. Thanks for listening to Six Rings. We'll talk to you guys soon. Good day, God bless, and as always, go Pats.